Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The game is over. And we are headed to overtime. On 95.7. The game. Happy Thanksgiving. 31 to 13, the final score. The San Francisco 49ers knock off the Seattle Seahawks on the road in the Pacific Northwest. What a way to celebrate Thanksgiving here on 95.7 The Game. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Thanksgiving night. Mark Randy, Sterling Bennett with you as always. After the third consecutive 49ers victory, they are still perfect post buy, and this one felt really, really good. 31-13 the final score. The 49ers led from start to finish. They Got the ball to begin the game. They drive down the field. Debo Samuel scored a touchdown. They took a 7-0 lead, and they never looked back. 31-13, the final score. Sterling, the 49ers, now two games up on the Seahawks in the NFC West. Job well done today in Seattle. What a way to cap off Thanksgiving in 2023. Got a little dicey there for a second, just like last week against the Buccaneers. You you lost faith more than I did. I said, what's going on? Gotta figure it out. But San Francisco pulled it out. You got George Kittle and Brock Purdy and company eating turkey legs on Seattle's 50-yard line. Debo Samuel and Mooney Ward. For the 2014 loss at Levi Stadium is awful. Awful revenge we had to get from almost a decade ago. They got it tonight. Now two games up on Seattle. I'm hyped, Mark. Seattle, it just they're frauds. Everything about them is fraudulent. The offense stinks. Chino Smith is hurt. The defense can't stop anybody. And San Francisco showed why they are the cream of the crop in the NFC West tonight. All right, so everyone listening out there, I hope you've had your, your fill of turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and gravy. I hope that the, the you're not too tired, GSX. We've got a lot to get to tonight here on 95.7 The Game, and I hope that you stick with us. I don't know what you did earlier. I'm sure you had a nice Thanksgiving dinner with your family before you came over for the game, Sterling. I got three pieces of pie sitting in this mm, stomach right here, There Mark. you go. Hey, there's some more pie sitting oh, outside much, in the lobby. Much. I had to celebrate my birthday early. I got this brand-new Dre Greenlaw jersey hey. in celebration of tonight's game. Thank you out to mom and pops out there. But look, Mark, Thanksgiving was done right with the San Fran- if everything went poorly, the meal sucked, I would have said, oh, whatever, as long as the San Francisco 49ers got this win, and I'm even happier now knowing the meal was great, my stomach is bloated to as big as it can be, and the Niners capped it off with a W. So I, I've been, I, I got filled up on all the, been the, here all the food day. out there, been here all day. Um, KCBS, our great sister station, provided a bunch of, a bunch of foods, so shout out to them. I'm stuffed. 
But I'm not tired. I'm still riding high <laughs> after this 49ers win, 31-13. to The final score, the 49ers knock off the Seattle Seahawks. A really, really impressive win. And let's just start at the very beginning. Sterling, the 49ers, they get the ball. They usually, if they win the toss, they will defer because they want to double up between halves. But Seattle won the toss. Niners get the ball, and they say, all right, we could deal with that. They go right down the field, nine plays, 71 yards, take five minutes off the clock. They end it with a Debo Samuel two-yard touchdown run, untouched, could have walked, could have crawled into the end zone, and he still would have scored that first drive. Sterling was a sign of things to come for this offense, aside from... The third quarter, where there was a little slow going, a lot of that was was also Seattle had most of the possession in that quarter. There was a turnover that resulted in a pick six mixed in there as well. But that first drive, it set the tone, Sterling, and that was, I think, a sign of things to come for the Niners' offense. It was like a warm knife through butter. The Niners made uh, the Seattle defense look pitiful for much of this game. Uh, and that first drive really set the tone. From there, the 49ers just dominated, ultimately scoring 31. But again, what's becoming a common theme, they left some points out there, but they still put up 31 points, uh, and, and they ultimately win by 18. But that first drive really set the tone. Just look at what San Francisco likes to do offensively. It's make it as easy as it can be for Brock Purdy. A quick pass to CMC for a first down here. Takes a deep shot to Kittle, although incomplete. You can see them wanting to be aggressive against Seattle's, dare I say, 26th ranked pass defense at home at Lumen Field in Seattle. Then what happens next? Some more CMC action. Eventual Debo Samuel touchdown. And it felt as if San Francisco said, we are going to use our bread and butter on this play. We know the defense can't hold up to what our offense has to offer, and we're going to prove it from kickoff. This feels like we have been saying this story over and over and over again. In fact, this is on the touchdown to Debo Samuel to open the game. Their 52nd opening drive points of the year leads hmm. the entire NFL. The Niners know how to start hot. And while there was a low period later later in this game, it felt as if from the get-go, San Francisco wanted to assert their dominance on the field and get them turkey legs later when it was all said and done. Yeah, and I mean, really, Seattle responded kind of on their next drive. They took the, the kickoff, the ensuing yeah. kickoff, 66 yards, Eskridge did all the way down to the Niners' 33-yard line. Niners' defense responds by only allowing one yard on the three plays, ultimately results in a field goal for Jason Myers from 51 yards out. He made it. He missed that same kick last week against the Rams, which cost them a win. Um, but 7-3 to three at that point, and after both teams have had a drive, um, to your point, the Niners great on first drives, but really so has their defense. You yeah. mentioned 52 points allowed by opponents against Niners opening drives. Niners this season through their uh, what? How many games have they played now? Through their 11 games, week 12, so 11. Yep, 11 games now, eight and three through 11 games. The 49ers are outscoring their opponents 52 to 16 after <laughs> each team has had one drive. <laughs> That's pretty good. 52 to 16, and the only reason they gave up any points tonight on the first drive was because special teams. The defense was great to begin this game, and it really was fantastic all game, all game long. Yeah, the defense was, dare I say, elite from the get-go tonight. Were they six sacks? They have, what, 15 sacks in their last three games? Uh, they had 18 sacks to begin the year with their, through, with their first eight games. So This defensive the, line, Sterling. 
I don't know if it's a Chase Young thing or Steve Wilkes on the sideline thing. I don't think Chase Young got on the on the stat sheet tonight. <laughs> I don't think I'll, so. I'll double they check. They didn't need that. him. They didn't need him. Bosa was doing dirty work. Hargrave was great. Uh, Eric Armstead has been. I know fans get angry at him because of the the, the Force Buckner trade a handful of years back, but he has been worth every penny. He was hurt last year. Uh, the past four weeks, he has just come alive, been one of the best defenders in the entire league. Then you add in Mooney Ward having probably his best game of the season, shutting down DK Metcalf. Uh, Ambry Thomas, a big pick in this game. Uh, the defense came to play, uh, and a lot of young players making plays, but also your stars just defining and making big third down stops, big third down stacks. The guys you ask and pay to make those big plays are coming through once again, and they really have ever since the bye week ended against the Jags, against the Bucks, and now against Seattle. A massive division win over Seattle in Seattle today. You had to get this one. You didn't want to go home uh, or excuse me, go, go to Philadelphia with your head hanging. Uh, now they're going out to Philadelphia in what, what, 10 days with their head up high, uh, hoping the Bills can take care of business on Sunday because right now uh, the Niners are officially now the number two seed in the entire NFC. Lions lost today. They hold the tiebreaker over them due to conference tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. Now 6-1 and one in the NFC. Lions are 5-2. and two. Uh, San Francisco, despite losing three games earlier, just one or one and a half games behind Philadelphia for that number one seed. I can feel it. I can taste it, Mark. We're just so close. So close. And the Eagles got the Bills coming up this week. Uh-oh. Oh, let's see. It's going to be a big one this weekend. <laughs> we'll certainly be keeping our eyes on that one as we uh, enjoy uh, our Thanksgiving leftovers on the couch. Like not one. having to yeah. deal with uh, the uh, the nerves of a Niners game this weekend because you got it out of the way on Thursday. All eyes uh, on the Eagles as they take on the Bills this week. If the Bills are to knock off the Eagles, then the game in Philadelphia 10 days from now would be for sole possession, or not sole, but essentially for first place in the NFC. So a huge, huge, huge game coming up for the 49ers, but so much to break down today. I'm glad you shouted out Eric Armstead because he 100% deserves it. You mentioned his last four games, beginning with the loss against Cincinnati before the bye, which wasn't a very good day for the Niners' defense. 31 points allowed. Joe Burrow was like a machine in that game. Uh, But Armstead showed up. He had two sacks in that game. Out of the bye against Jacksonville, had a half a sack. A sack against Tampa Bay. Another sack again today against Seattle. And for Armstead, I don't know how you feel, Sterling, but for me, Armstead, ever since the, the run in 2021... When the 49ers struggled for a lot of that season, fought to get into the playoffs, the season really turned when they moved Eric Armstead inside, and he became an elite run stopper. And that's what made that defense one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. They just simply did not give up rushing yards, period, to anyone. He was the main driving force behind that. So for me, when I'm evaluating Eric Armstead, Sterling, I'm not even really focused on the sacks. Because for me, he does so much else that's important to this team. You get the sacks with Nick Bosa. You're going to get him with Chase Young. Not tonight. I can't confirm, by the way. Not even a tackle for Chase Young. He did not. (laughs) I was looking for him on the statue. Did he get a sack? He he didn't even have a... It's a holiday. He didn't even have any statistic. But back to Armstead... He does so much, even if he's not getting to the quarterback, Sterling, 
The fact that he's now consistently getting to the quarterback, maybe it's because there's more attention being paid to the outside than ever before, and it's freeing him up on the inside. Javon Hargrave also clearly helps him out as well because he's taking a ton of pressure off of him. But when he is getting to quarterbacks like he is now the last month, you know what you're getting from him in the run game. He becomes a severely, severely underrated defensive tackle in this league. He has been incredible. I know you don't care about the sacks too much when it comes to Armstead. I mean, they're great. They're, they're really good. <laughs> he had one more tonight in his last four games, four and a half sacks. Yep. Uh, he had the best game of his entire career probably against the Bucks last week. And coming into the season, the conversation began with, you know, okay, you have Bosa, you have Hargrave, now you have Armstead. They're going to free up your, your Drake Jacksons, now your Randy Gregory's, your Clellan Farrell's, and your Chase Young's. It feels more as if because you have Bosa and Hargrave taping up so many double teams, they're freeing up Eric Armstead to make so many plays, whereas in years past, you kind of overlook him and say, oh yeah, he's there, he's always the number two guy on the defensive line. Eric Armstead has played like a number one on this defensive Man. line that is already stacked. Again, another sack tonight, a handful of great plays. Uh, even Javon Kinlaw had a couple of nice plays in this game, got toppled over <laughs> on special teams, was, mind you. That was a fun moment, wasn't it? Out of every, any player to pick a fight with on our defense... I don't think I would pick the 330-pound defensive tackle who likes to eat squirrels in the forest. This is not the guy I choose to fight. Yeah, generally you don't want to pick a gigantic, big, strong, athletic guy <laughs> and also a guy who's maybe a little bit crazy. When you see him That's with the worst combination. a squirrel in his mouth and he's like, <laughs> arr, arr, and you're like, sir, you may have rabies. You need to go to the vet. You need to go to the doctor. Get a tetanus shot. And you're like, that's the guy you want to topple over? That's the why. That's the guy you want to fight and take swings at and whatnot? But this defense, special teams was great outside of one return tonight. Just an overall thumping, a plucking of the feathers, might you say, of the Seattle Seahawks tonight in Lumen Field in Seattle. Yeah, so if you missed it, the play that Sterling is referring to at the very end of the first half, the Seahawks finally able to move the ball. They get their first first down of the game on their final drive of the half with what, like 40 seconds left, maybe a little less, 35 seconds left in the half, and a deep field goal attempt as time expires in the first half misses again by Jason Myers, and... Uh, Stone Forth Forsyth, a reserve offensive lineman. Stone. Stone Forsyth, reserve offensive lineman for the Seahawks, just kind of simply upends Javon Kinlaw and not just like gets him gets his feet up in the air and then kind of lets him fall, but like then shoves him down to the ground. Uh, the, the kick misses. They're called for a penalty. The Niners get the ball. They, they kick off from the 50 instead of the 35. It was a touchback. Didn't really matter. Um, but the, it got a little bit cheapy there at halftime. And the As 49ers, 49ers were dominating at that point. Um, and ultimately, they go on to win again, 31-13. to 13. But then things kind of changed a little bit in the second half. Oh, yeah. Yep. The Seahawks got the ball to begin the second half. Came alive. And, and it was an entire, well. entire domination for the 49ers in the first half. We can look at some of the numbers before we get to some of the issues in that third quarter. The 49ers, 225 yards in the first half. The Seahawks, only 56. And the vast majority of those came on that last drive where it seemed like the 49ers were just content allowing 10-yard chunks time and time again through the air when they hadn't given up a single first down in the game to that point. But 225 to 56 total yards in the first half. Over 5 yards per play to 3 yards per play for Seattle 
in the first half. 92 rushing yards for the Niners in the first half of football. Only 18 for Seattle in the first half. (laughs) Passing 133 to 38. It was just complete domination. But then the second half, things kind of changed just a little bit. The Seahawks, they got... The rookie running back, Zach Charbonnet, going just a little bit. They also worked him into the passing game a little bit. Will Disley, who's been one of those tight ends that has hurt you at times, uh, 21-yard completion. Eventually, they get into field goal range, and then one of the Nick Bosa sacks ends the drive. They settle for a field goal. Uh, But then what happens for the 49ers after that? Brock Purdy Uh, eventually throws... A pick six? Yeah, I didn't like the play calling there. Back-to-back passes backed up against your own end zone. Don't love that. And then suddenly, Seattle's back in this game. The crowd at Lumen Field is back in it, which, by the way, was a ton of Niner fans up in Seattle. But it it got the Seahawks fans that were in attendance back in the game. And suddenly, your 21-point lead... Is is gone. It's an 11-point game, and you're thinking, we, we've been dominant. We've been so much better than this team for two-plus quarters, and yet it's only a, an 11-point game, a two-possession game. There was a little bit of nervousness there. Um, but the Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 49ers were able to respond. They got the touchdown when they needed it to put the final nail in the coffin, and the defense was phenomenal all game long. But that third quarter is a little bit uneven at times for the 49ers. Having watched this rivalry play out, I don't know, the past 10 years of it actually being a rivalry, you always want to know, okay, when is Seattle going to get this weird random trick play or special teams fake pun? Or Something's going to go there. When way. are they going to get lucky and Pete Carroll's going to be smacking, chewing gum, throwing gum in his own assistance? Oh, my God. Like, my, Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth <laughs> today, if you guys they were, were gushing, watching. They were gushing. If you had the volume on, maybe mostly you didn't because you're you know with family eating, eating turkey dinner, but uh, they were loving Pete yeah. Carroll's bubblegum habits today. I hate it. Absolutely loving it. They showed one slow motion of him tossing one. Where does it go? (laughs) All the assistants behind him are like, Ducky, get down! Can you imagine, like, if a player, 
messes up in practice. He's throwing gum at them. Like, how dare you just you take this help bubble? Like, take take this five gun, this big red I have. Like, I would just hate to know that. Like, if I do something wrong, I'm going to get thrown or bubble gum thrown at me by my head coach. So yeah, he throws it to the sideline. <laughs> The cameras cut away from him for like 10 seconds. Then they're back on him. He's got another piece of gum in his mouth oh, already. He, he is, as much as I respect him. Oh, he's a great coach. It's him and Nick Sirianni that are just the two guys. I'm just like, ugh. Like, I don't even want to see the cutaway. So th- I, I don't want to see your face. This three-game stretch for you is a rough one then, huh? Unless things go well. But. I am already sinking into a deep hole of depression, Mark, because <laughs> just seeing. Pete Carroll, yes. Nick Sirianni, and then Pete Carroll again. <laughs> Now, if they win all three games, they can show them all they want, crying and complaining and throwing gum. If we're 3-0 by the end of this month, uh, um, uh, during the stretch, show them all you want. I'd be happy to show Kyle Shanahan. I will eat turkey legs for the whole month of November <laughs> as long as we're beating uh, teams like Philadelphia and Seattle. Okay, so something that you said a few minutes ago is something similar to what Kyle Shanahan said to Melissa Stark Uh-oh. at halftime. If you were listening to the NBC broadcast again... Melissa Stark, the sideline reporter for NBC, reported that her talk with Kyle Shanahan went something along the lines of Shanahan saying, like, well, you know, this is the Seahawks. Like, they're a really good team. They're a tough team. Up here, it's always difficult. This is a divisional matchup. Things always tend to, you know, get close. So he reportedly told Melissa Stark, and I don't have the audio, so I'll have to try to track it down. If anyone does have it, you can point it towards me. Tweet at us at 95.7 The Game, at Mark Grandy. That's Mark with a C and Grandy with an I at the end. Um, But he said something along the lines of, you know, I'm kind of expecting this game to come down to the wire because that's how these matchups generally go. You're up 21 points at halftime, Sterling. You okay with your head coach saying that? You should be. You should win this game by thirty. So it's it's twofold. Yes, everything Kyle said was correct. You're playing Seattle. You're you're in their home turf. Things are going to get crazy. I already Bleep said happens right. Like this, things tend to go wrong. Crazy. Some magic juju starts to turn in Seattle. Whether it's Seattle or Dallas, something goes awry <laughs> for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I don't love Kyle Shanahan saying. Well, you know, I expect things to get tighter. No, no. You had two takeaways, and you got three points off of it. You are in control of your own destiny. You're beating them 24-3 to going into halftime, which it should have been 31, should have been 38. Like This game should have not have been close. Like The final score being 18 points different uh, differential, it should have been 40. It feels like this game... It was almost as if Kyle was waiting for it to get close and was like, yes, what I thought the whole time, you know, no big deal. It's like, or you can just boat race them, have them never be in the game, stomp your foot on their throats and say, aha, this game never has to be tight. And we're winning sitting here with Sam Darnold taking more reps in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's just contextualize how dominant the first half was. Cause it's one thing to say, oh, they were so good. Like they should have been up by more. Like, oh, that's. Of course, you know, you Niner fans would say that. You'd it's feel that way. It's an elite team playing obvious. a B-tier team. They should be up by a lot. Yeah, okay, fair. I mean, you and I both thought this was going to be a double-digit yeah. win. And, and ultimately, we, you and I were both really close, close to getting the final score yes. dead on. You said, what, 31-16? Yeah. I said 31-17. And I didn't know your prediction. We we met there, Sounds like we I met won there by that, chance. Though, Mark, you saying. barely Only won three it. three points away. Final score was 31-13. <laughs> but look at some of the numbers from late in the first half. So, I mentioned that final drive for Seattle at the end of the first half that resulted in the missed field goal. 
before then, right before then, take the numbers at that point. The Seahawks had more turnovers than first downs. Yikes. Um, the 49ers had more first downs than the Seahawks had total yards and total plays. Is that good? That's, I mean, not for the Seahawks. <laughs> um, the 49ers had 215 yards on 36 offensive plays, about 6 yards per play. The Seahawks had 15 yards on 14 offensive plays. Uh, for you doing math at home, that's just a little under 1.1 yards per play on offense for the vast majority of the first half until the 49ers played some version of the, the prevent defense at the very end of the first half and allowed uh, the Seahawks to pick up 10 yards underneath every single play. This was a historic beatdown in the first half, just looking at the box score. Yeah, it and, felt like from the get-go, from the jump, these two teams did not belong on the same field. No, and the crowd was 100% taken out of it. And it was a more... There was a lot more red in the crowd than I remember previous games in Seattle, but it was quiet. One it my, was quiet. One of my friends, Olivia, they they live in Seattle, and they went to this game, and I texted her at halftime, and I said, I apologize for the murder you've been witnessing. Oh, so they're Seahawks fans. Yes, and she was like, well, it isn't over till the lady sings. I said, Dolly Parton already sang, Olivia. It's over. And then all of a sudden, they score 10 points, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, someone get Dolly back on the field, please. Like, have her sing again. Now, Stevie Oki does his own thing, but there was a time in this game where, again, San Francisco, Chris McCaffrey, just phenomenal, breaks Roger Craig's touchdown record for rushing touchdowns in a year by nine uh, running back, now has 11 on the season. That's a surprising record. Yeah. Frank Gore had 10. The record for a single season rushing touchdowns is 10. 10. This it franchise? doesn't sound right. That's kind of no crazy. Been, like the Garrison Hurst. The, I mean, McCaffrey, McCaffrey's going to get like 18. <laughs> he might get 20, to be honest with you. Like, there's going to be a game where he has two or three again. And we're like, yeah, there's yeah. a reason why he's going to be in the, you know, offensive player of the year conversation. And dare I say, there might be a chance where he might be in the MVP conversation if things keep going this way. Oh, we're back to that, huh? I don't think it ever ended. Things just got quiet. But going back to your point of just how insane this beginning was for San Francisco, just the fact that I'm sitting there, stomach full of turkey and mashed potatoes and gravy and whatnot, three pieces of pie sitting in my gullet like, oh, game's over, man. It's game over. Like, oh, throw it in the bag. Seattle has no chance. And all of a sudden, every snap in the second half was like, closer and closer and i'm like i'm starting to sit up and starting to clench my teeth and And bite my nails and i'm like oh the veins in my head popping out and your mind goes back to all those other matchups in seattle that you try so hard to forget about but they're still in there purdy throws the pick six and i'm like here we go this is gonna be the turn of the tide momentum has shifted and dare i say the defense picked up what was a very stagnant offense for basically the entire second half like, without the defense today, uh, they I don't want to say wouldn't win this game, but this game might be a one-score finish. Like, the defense was that good where Seattle didn't score a single offensive touchdown. They were, their only touchdown was the pick six. The came at the doorstep of the end zone. It's like yeah. the defense basically played shutout football the entire game. Yep. Incredible. They. It's hard to find a single fault with anyone defensively. Yeah, it's, it's difficult yeah. to. Yeah, you can you can point to moments. I was a little well, confused. Jair Brown got du- dusted by Zach Charbonnet in the fourth quarter. Uh, okay, he missed he, one play. Can we call that a missed tackle if you whiffed entirely? You didn't even make contact. Didn't touch him. 
Is it like an error in baseball? Like, we didn't touch it, so it doesn't count. Maybe. I think it counts. <laughs> like, it was gross. He got his ankles broken, but yes. he did not get injured like Hufanga did last year on a, in a similar Always moment. making me sad. Mark. But Jair Brown, I mean, we, we could talk about the secondary yeah. because, well, Mooney Ward is, is the veteran leader of the group, and he was incredible today. Yeah. His best incredible. game of the year. I mean, the defensive line was masterful all game long. Hargrave was in the backfield, Armstead, Bosa, everyone was involved there. Um, I might argue that Mooney Ward was the defensive MVP tonight. He was so incredibly good at locking up DK Metcalf. At one point, I I don't know what the final numbers were. I'd have to go through the tape and figure out how many times he was targeted. Seven targets, I think all to DK Metcalf (laughs) at one point. One catch for 14 yards, three passes defensed. He did not allow DK Metcalf anything in that first half. He was everywhere. He stuck with him step for step throughout that entire first half. And for a guy as big and tall and strong and fast as DK Metcalf, underrated speed. He is one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. You think because he's 6'4", however, 2' whatever, and he's built like he's a Greek god. like you- Hulk. You might not think that he's that he's one of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL, and Mooney Ward did as good of a job as I've seen anyone do on yep. DK Metcalf. He was legitimately perfect tonight. Well, DK Metcalf, only three catches for 32 yards all night, and to take it even further, uh, knowing that Hufunga was not going to be in this game, you weren't exactly sure how San Francisco was going to scheme Gibson and Jair Brown's first NFL career start. I think everybody knew that Seattle is at least going to try to push the ball downfield. They tried four times. Every single time, whose hand was in between the ball and the receiver? Mooney Ward. Like The Seattle game plan of testing Jair Brown, testing this, dare I say, young at certain positions and unproven defense, Avery Thomas, Lenore at certain times, and Jair Brown again, but Mooney Ward picked up if there was any slack, he picked it up by far. Uh, and again, DK Metcalf only had three catches. Tyler Lockett, only three catches. He's burned us for almost a decade. And this is a game where they're down the entire game. You know they're going to have to throw the ball they, endlessly. They completed only 18 passes. Their leading receiver was the running back on screens and checkdowns. Like, San Francisco's secondary was locked down at every single position. Thomas, uh, Mooney Ward, Lenore. The Seattle offense could get nothing going, and that's a credit to Steve Wilkes. Mm. That's a credit to this amazing pass rush, and also how good this secondary was. How many coverage sacks were there in this game? A handful. A third down coverage sack in the red zone. What happens? Boom. Defense plays great coverage. They get a sack. It pushes uh, Seattle out of field goal range, and they're not going to say changes the game, but it certainly takes momentum away from them. Has to make them punt to get the ball back. What do you do? Go down, score a touchdown. Bing, bang, boom. They get the dub. Like This defense was just phenomenal, incredible. Whatever word you want to use, that means good, elite, <laughs> locked down. Put it right next to this defense tonight. Yeah, Mooney Ward led the way in the defensive secondary, but we got to talk about, you mentioned Jaya Brown. We got to talk about some of the other youngsters in that defensive secondary because they were really good as well. We can get into that on the other side. It's overtime here on 95-7 the game. The Niners knock off the Seahawks in Seattle on Thanksgiving night. Hope you guys are having a fantastic Thanksgiving. We're here to bring you home 
on the air until 11 here on 95.7 The Game. It's Sterling and Grandy. It's overtime. Niners beat the Seahawks 31-13. More coming up next on 95.7 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 